Timothy chapter number 3, and then we'll be in the book of Jude. And uh, we're going to be in the first chapter of Jude again tonight, and uh, so you can find those two places, 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 3 and the book of Jude, and y'all are just completely dead this evening. Uh, uh, Jude, uh, we're going to be in the first chapter again, there's only one chapter of Jude. Okay, I'm not using humor tonight. Second Timothy chapter number 3. It's good to see Brother George, our missionary to the prisons, uh, in the service tonight. He was telling me before the service about some of the meetings they were having. And uh, I'm forgetting the gospel everywhere uh, that we can get it. And I appreciate him being in the service tonight. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, and then we'll flip over to the book of Jude. Of course, our series, Last Day's Theology. And we'll continue to... Uh, go through different passages of Scripture, but 2 Timothy 3 has kind of been uh, our anchor uh, passage of Scripture as we talk about in the last days perilous times shall come. Uh, there's so much that, that, that the, the Bible, when it comes to prophecy, tells us things are going to happen. And uh, we live in a day where you can see some of these prophecies being fulfilled. But there's a prophecy that nobody's talking about, and we've been talking about it all year, and it's the, it's the last day religion. Uh, we are told in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days perilous times shall come. And I will, we'll read starting in verse number 2 in just a moment, but just to remind you, as we've been in this passage just about every single week, I believe that this list that we're fixing to read is not only prevalent outside of the house of God, outside of church, in society, but now we have brought society inside to the church, and you'll find all of these characteristics, all of these things inside quote-unquote churches under the cover of false religion. Now, having said that, of course, anybody who wants to come to church and get the gospel, I'm for that. Uh, there's no sense in you being a whole and coming to the place and getting the gun. No, we, we lost. I want lost people come to the church. I want broken people come to the church. Uh, we are not finished product ourselves. But when you come to the house of God, a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church, uh, we ought to be willing to be told from the Word of God how we can become more like Christ. It's not my response. It's my responsibility uh, for when a lost person comes to the house of God to hear the gospel. Uh, it's my responsibility to teach the whole counsel of God so that we grow in grace to become more like Christ. It's not my job. I, I'm, I'm not a coach. I'm not a life coach. Uh, I, I'm, not a, I, I'm, not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not here to make you feel good about you. Now, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. The Holy Spirit uh, will um, edify you. The Word of God will build you. Uh, but, but we find these things. Look with me in 2 Timothy 3, verse number 2. Uh, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. See, Pastor, that's a stretch. No, we've seen it already. Uh, you find a society, you find it also under the cover of religion. Verse 5, having a form of godliness. 
Everybody tells you they're godly or godly. Just because it says church on it doesn't mean it's a house of God. Uh, just because somebody tags a label Christian on it doesn't make it Christian. How do you know? You can have the form of godliness, but if you deny the power thereof, from such turn away. Now flip over to the book of Jude with me, if you will. Jude, and we'll look at verse number 15. Because of time, I will re- refresh uh, your memory here in the book of Jude. Uh, we are told to contend for the faith. We're told there are certain men that crept in unawares. And sometimes, and I, and I, and I won't even get stopped there, I don't have time for that. Uh, but then we begin to be just, they're described to us. Verse number 8, uh, filthy dreamers. Uh, then uh, verse number 10, but these speak evil of these things which they know not, uh, but what they know naturally is brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. And last Wednesday, we were in verse number 11, woe unto them. For they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam, for reward and perish in the gainsaying of Korah. We talked last week, if you remember, on the Old Testament heroes of the emerging church. They're found in verse number 11. Then there's what the Bible says. These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Jude is not painting a positive picture of these that have, are teaching a, 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 a belief contrary to the faith. You say, well, who decides what the faith is and what, what, what is not the faith? Well, the Bible decides what the faith is. Let me remind you, verse number 3, it says, Contend for the faith which was once delivered. It once delivered, meaning it hasn't changed. It's the same faith. I know we live in a postmodern generation. I know we live in the age of technology, but this Bible is just as relevant, more relevant. It, it applies today. I hope we've seen that on Wednesday nights as we apply uh, th- these passages of Scripture to uh, our subject, verse 14. And in it also, the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh when ten thousands of His saints. One day, the Lord is coming. Well, when the Lord comes, I want to be found faithful. Uh, every pastor is going to give an account of everything they've ever taught. Well, that's going to be a day of reckoning when these deceivers stand before God and they give an account of every person they sent away from salvation toward eternal damnation. Verse 15, to execute judgment upon all and to convince, convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their harsh speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Jew was just a negative fellow, wasn't he? Verse 16, the verse I want to get to tonight. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. And her mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. We have that description we have read in Second Timothy 3, verse 2, 3, and 4. There's a list 
of characteristics, a list of kinds of people that, that Paul warns Timothy of in that last day. Then we come over to the book of Jude, and there's very descriptive words used about these who are against the faith. But let me be very clear again to start off the night. You're either with the faith or you're against the faith. You're for the faith or you're against the faith. There is no middle ground. Throughout this description, we get to verse number 16. You ought to circle that first word in your Bible. These. And tonight I want to teach on who these really are. Who these really are. Father, help us tonight as we take the time that we have and uh, we look in the Scripture. And uh, Father, I, I just want to be uh, right with You. I, I don't want to be swayed. As I was reading again this week and thinking of uh, not being, being, being blown to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but being grounded, being mature uh, in my Christianity, Father, I pray that uh, You'll help me tonight as we discern uh, some things. May uh, we be grounded more because of the Bible story tonight. May we be able to help somebody else. Uh, may as we get uh, these truths, may it help us with the Holy Spirit's uh, guidance to be able to uh, win somebody to Christ who has uh, been deceived by this false doctrine. I pray that you'll bless our time together this evening. In Jesus' name, Amen. These are murmurers, complainers. And the list goes on. We live in a society today when it, it, it is so evident that that which is good is pulled down and trampled and that which is evil is, is elevated and worshipped. And, that, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, we are to champion that which is good, champion that which is holy. And we are warned in the book of Jude of individuals. Sometimes we want to take false doctrine like it's just floating out there and if it happens to land on you, you're going to leave the truth and then you're going to go another direction. No false doctrine comes through men. These men have names. These men have agendas. Uh, these men are, are, are vehicles of false doctrine. Scripture tells us that they are antichrist. Don't confuse that with the Antichrist that will come, but there are those that are Antichrist. They're against Christ. They will teach another salvation. We taught a few weeks ago how they're the enemy of the cross. But we live in a day when these that are put on a pedestal because they have a religious following, we, 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 they're the ones that we want to applaud. They're the ones that we want to praise. They're the ones that when Fox News wants to interview somebody from the religious world, they pull them in to represent all Christianity. But when you compare them to what the Bible says, we need to discern who these really are. If the world is applauding them, if a Hollywood can get along with them, that ought to make them suspect as Bible believers and Bible preachers. I want a lost person to feel comfortable in the Emmanuel Baptist Church to the degree that people are friendly, that people go out of their way to make them feel welcome, but if they're lost, I want the Holy Spirit of God to make them so uncomfortable during the service, during the singing of the hymns. 
think life so that they might give in to that conviction and trust Christ. Where there's no truth, where the Holy Spirit does not have liberty, where He is quenched, where He is grieved, there is no conviction. And friends, I've reminded us week after week without Holy Spirit conviction, there can't be no conversion. There has to be the Holy Spirit. I want somebody who's away from God. I warn the young people over and over and over, don't give yourself to this world. Don't give yourself to this world. I, 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 I love you enough to tell you, no, don't go out there. But if you do, I'll be here for you to come back to. I want somebody who's away from God to come in and feel comfortable. But when I preach the truth of the Word of God, they should not feel comfortable. That's the purpose of preaching. Is to bring us to a decision. You take these religious leaders and they're flocking by the tens of thousands and, and, and they have what is their doctrine, what is their belief. After what they've already taught, I believe it was even last, uh, last couple of weeks, is what do they believe? You can't put them down on what they believe. They don't have a belief system. But these are the ones who are respected by society. These are the ones who don't face opposition. But the Bible tells us who these really are. Tonight I want to look at verse number 16, and, and, and I believe it will help us tonight. It says, these are murmurers. What that first word, murmurers? Let me give you a definition of murmurers. They're those who are always finding fault with God's plans, purposes, and actions. You think back to the Old Testament, the children of Israel, when they murmured against what God was doing. They murmured against His instructions. Uh, they, had a, they complained against it. They found fault with it. That's different than complaining. We're going to get to complaining in just a minute. That murmur isn't just, oh, I don't want to do this. That murmur is, but I, I, why is God having us do this? It doesn't make sense. Doesn't that sound a whole lot like the definition of the emerging church, the contemporary movement? We just don't like church the way it's always been. But friend, the church did not start with me. It's in that book right there. But we just we just don't, we just all oh, the old hymns. We just oh get in the get in the twenty first century. And why in the world do you think that's the only way to do it? That sounds a lot like murmuring to me. And there are men who have built an entire religion, an entire belief system, and it's the emerging church model that is rebelling against everything that God has set in place. And they, it's murmuring against We've got to be careful. There's a, it even creeps into the independent Baptist church. Well, I know we've always done it this way, but why, why can't we do it this way? I'm not talking about uh, having church at 9.45 or at 10.45. I'm talking about things that are in this Bible. If it's in this Bible, it is concrete. It is absolute. It is truth. And you and I do not have a right to complain about it. We'll be reminded of how God treated the murmuring in the Old Testament very harshly. That reminds me of verse number 14 when it's remi- they're reminded of the book of Jude. Jesus is coming back one day. He's coming back with the saints. And there is going to be a day of reckoning. There is going to be a day of accountability when He comes back. These, what they want, they really say that they're not champions of change. 
They're murmurers against what God has established as truth. They're not, they're not brave for standing up against hundreds of years of tradition and the way it's always been done. They're murmurers against the way God said it had to be done. We find them right here. They're, they're revered. Uh, I'll use some names in just a little bit. Uh, but we find uh, that's what they are. They, are. they rebel against. That's the definition. We've used it week after week. It is rebelling against the absolutes. Against tradition. What is the absolute? The Word of God is the absolute. It's amazing. You pull out the Bible and they don't want to talk to you. And you pull out the Bible, well, you're just a bigot. Okay. At some point, name calling has got to stop. We're not in fourth grade anymore. Get your Bible out and defend your position. They don't want to do that because it's just rebelling, murmuring against. And you've got to be very, very careful. So why don't we, we can get influenced by all of this change out there, influenced by all of this compromise out there. But why do we have to stay? Don't murmur against what God has established. He established it. It's different than complaining. We'll get to complaining in just a moment. But finding fault with God's plans. I hope you don't look at God's church finding fault with what God has established. What a miserable way to live. Well, I just, I don't know why. I don't try and figure out why God did what He did. He said, this is the way it is, so this is the way we're going to do it. Don't murmur against that which God has established. Uh, see, when you can, it's, it's, it's much more than just saying, well, I just don't agree with that. And why, when you start questioning, you start scorning against the things of God, and that's what these are. If somebody just has a difference of opinion, fine, have a difference of opinion. But if you notice, somebody leaves the truth from here, whether it's somebody inside of our church that goes to uh, this whole philosophy that was hatched in hell, they cannot do it and still be cordial. They can't do it. Because they're a very attack on that which God's established. You take a church, you take a preacher that has a position and they leave a Bible position and go and compromise in all these areas. What do they have to do? They have to throw stones at all the other independent Baptists while they're leaving. Because it is a questioning, it is a murmuring against that which God has established. Be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Second word we see there, these are murmurers, complainers. They're complainers. If you still have your, your Bible open to 2 Timothy 3, if not, you probably have this close to memorized by now. In that list, verse 2 through 4, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Read the book of Revelation. Do a study on the word blasphemers in the book of Revelation. They're going to be held accountable one day. Blasphemers. I, that's not a list I want to be listed in. Are you with me tonight? Disobedient to your parents. Unthankful. Unholy. You know why people complain? Because they're unthankful. They're complainers. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, I'll use the word movement, there's a movement of, of, of those who used to stand where we stand, used to grow up in churches like our church, and they get to a certain point and begin to drift from the truth and all they want to do is just complain. 
I had to grow up like this, or I had to, or in our youth group, we had to do this, and, and we weren't allowed to do this. We weren't allowed. They never want to talk about it was in a Bible preaching church, in a Bible teaching Sunday school where they got saved, uh, or they met their wife or their husband, or they were taught how to work, they were taught character, they got a good education. It's just complain, 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 complain about how we're getting left behind, about how we can't do this and that. Have you, if you pay close attention, and I'm not recommending you read these works, but if you read it, it's all complaining about how unfair church is. How unfair religion is. It is unfair because a Bible preaching, a Bible believing church holds the standards of the Word of God. I'm very, very, I have standards, I have convictions, I'm very, very careful not to stand behind this pulpit and give you my conviction. To give you my standard. I always want to give you Bible standards. Bible convictions. Now, I, I, now, before you twist that, I'm not saying I try and live with standards contrary to Scripture. But there are some things where I'll set a standard, and, and I'm not going to tell you this is a preference. If it's a preference, I'll tell you. But don't complain against the Word of God. They're complainers. Let's continue reading. This is where I really want to get to. Murmurs, complainers, walking after their own lust. Let me give you a definition of that phrase. To indulge to the passions of this world, the passions of the flesh. They walk after their own lust. This is what I want to do. Let me use, and I'll use this again in just a moment, but a phrase that you hear all the time in these churches. Well, just come as you are. We don't judge you. Now, that sounds good. Now, and they'll flip that. They'll flip that and say, well, if you go down to that Bible preaching church, you can't go there if, and they're, and they're liars. I want you to come as you are. I don't want you to leave the same. Well, let me tell you what they mean by that. Come as you are. Here, you can do whatever you want to do. This is a no judging zone. Because they put, if you preach the Bible, that's judging. Think I help you tonight? God judges. Scripture judges. I mean, it's sad to think about. If it wasn't so sad, it would be kind of funny to stand before, before God one day, the great white throne of judgment. They're not going to stand and point their finger at God and say, you've got to quit judging me. It's not going to happen. Truth judges. But they walk after their own lust. You read these men, the Joe Osteens, the Andy Stanleys, the, the Rick Warrens, and the Ed Kimballs, and all of these, these, these ones that, uh, the Dan Kimballs, all these ones that, uh, that, that, that are big proponents and big prominent uh, leaders in, in this thing. Uh, you, you read them, uh, and I'll get to this, Andy Stanley, I saw a quote of his, if you don't know who he is, good, uh, but uh, he's, a, he's a very prominent uh, figure in this. I saw a quote of him the other day, and he used the words, myth of creation. 
Did you catch that? The myth of creation. Now, the Bible is not very kind to those who teach that which is contrary. You see, if God's not the Creator, He doesn't own you. If God's not the Creator, you don't need Jesus to get back to Him. They walk after their own lust. What do they want? They have diagnosed this with the Bible says we're going to create something with no separation, no holiness. You know, the Bible says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. That's not just for the pastor. That's for every Christian. You have a command to be holy. But I like that kind of music. That's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. But I want it. That's irrelevant. Be ye separate. Come out from among them and be ye separate. But I like it. That is irrelevant. A command is a command. I am to be holy. I don't know about you. You might can control your flesh when you listen to that music with the Christian words put against it that is actually blasphemy because it is a it is a, it is a is an unholy music. You might can control your flesh in that atmosphere. I'm not going to take my chance. I'm commanded to be holy. I'm commanded to be separate. So that that's why we get in the scripture. It's not so we can we can get a, get a stamp when we leave church saying we're a good Baptist. It's so we can become a little bit more like Christ. The only way you and I can even approach the word holiness is to become more like Him. More like Him. But see, when you walk up, if you give in to... We look at this world. We look at how wicked it is. We look at how vile it is. But you know, if you get away from the authority of Scripture... You get away from the commands of Scripture, your flesh will do everything that is going on out there in that world. Everything. Some of the most vile people I've ever met in my life are Christians. They're safe, they're safe people. So, Pastor, how, how do you believe that? Because I believe the flesh is the flesh. Once saved, always saved. Well, you and I are very, very careful. We don't get to look after our own. We don't get to walk after our own. We're supposed to walk in the Spirit. They walk after their own lust. How do they do it? Watch this. In their mouth speaketh great, swelling words. Well, the terms that they use, you hear these emerging church buzzwords that make them sound more spiritual. And you have a place where, where it's evident the Holy Spirit would not be welcome. We just come and worship. And you have to say worship right. It has to have like four syllables in it. The right voice inflection. Uh, the, the buzzwords. What are they doing? What are they doing? They're talking great, swelling words. And now, and you have some big ones now. Well, we are unaffiliated Baptists. Great swelling words when they make pretenses to wisdom and learning or seem to attain great importance to what they say. 
and urge it in a pompous manner. You know what we got to remember? If you and I just remember, we're just old sinners saved by the grace of God. We'll stay, we'll stay humble. Because that's why the hymns are so great. It reminds you of what you are, where you came from, and the God that took you hey, when you didn't deserve to be taken. Uh, boy, you sing those old hymns, and boy, that, that tear will come in the eye. Boy, I, I, there's certain songs, there's certain hymns that when they begin to be sung, I cannot help it. I get emotional. Uh, the tear begins to roll up in my eye. It thinks me of that. It makes me think of that place called the heaven. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's all about here. We have these a bunch of great swelling words. Now, remember, remember this. Truth is simple. Truth delights in simple statements. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Everybody understand that? Do you need an interpreter? to understand that. You need somebody to break that down to get it on your level. No. God is saying, I'm holy, you be holy as I'm holy. It's very, very simple. That's what truth does. Truth has no need of embellishment and flowery speeches. Truth is willing to make it on its own merit. I say like this, truth is quiet Error is, is boisterous. Truth is simple. Error is noisy. We're the simple truths of the Word of God. That's why you can take somebody who doesn't have a lot of voice inflection. You can take somebody who doesn't have a lot of personality. They can get up and they can do the best they can to preach and just read the Scripture. And the truths of the Scripture are the same, 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 same. The Holy Spirit of God will take those and use those. Error is, is noisy and boastful. It hopes to succeed, listen carefully, by substituting sound instead of sense. Noise instead of substance. Noise instead of substance. I'm not sure if you caught that. Noise instead of substance. Well, they just say, see, how can you get anything? I just sit, stand and singing those old hymns. Or, 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 or you get to see that special. You sing those old songs. Why? Because, because there's substance there. There's something to it there. It's written on truths, getting up and saying the same statement over and over and over and over again while you're jamming with a worship band. What is that? That is noise instead of substance. Hoping to seduce men to believe that which they teach to be true. Here's the key. When they know it to be false. They know it to be false. I, friend, do not have to convince you of what the truth is. It's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to preach the truth. Then the Holy Spirit of God will tell you this is the truth. This 
is what is truth. But what they, the bigger the production. That's why we got we got to change. What's the focus of the, of your worship service around here? What's the preaching of the Word of God? But you go to the average emerging church. That's not what it is. It's the production. It's the it's the we got we got we got to have the lights just so we got to have the stage. It's not a platform. It's a stage just so we got to have the the, the the worship band up there. We got to have all of these things, and we got to be noisy, and we got to be loud, and we got to draw attention. Father, that's what error is. It draws attention to itself. You take the simple truths of Scripture. Truth is truth. Now, you can whisper it, and it's still effective. You can just mention it, and it's still effective. But the great swelling words, the buzzwords, get to the last last one here. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. So what is that? What is that? What is that talking about? We have all this list of people that says they're murmurers. They don't like the plan of God. This is what God has said. They don't like it. Let me remind you one more time the definition of the emerging church. It is rebelling against tradition. It is rebelling against the traditional church. It is rebelling against the way it's always been done. Here's a new generation. We have to do things a different way. We're saying there's a different way of doing things. That's the whole... It's that against what God has done. Complainers. Walking after their own lust. Well, I want to do this. I like this, which is irrelevant for you and I. It's not about what I like. It's not about what you like. It's not about what anybody likes. It's about what God likes. It's about the Word of God. They walk after their own lust. They use great swelling words. It's ever, if we were to flip back over, I'm out of time, if we were to flip back over, St. Timothy chapter 3, ever learning and never coming, able to come to the truth. They use all the big words and they make the sound all big and fine and when you break them down, there's just nothing there. And then we get to having men's person in admiration because of advantage. What does that mean, holding one class of people in higher esteem than another? If I were to bring to you, bring to the pulpit, the book, The Purpose Driven Church, I could open that book and I could show you with the teaching of that, and most everybody's probably heard of that. You've heard of Rick Warren, who, by the way, preachers have been warning about for. 15 years and now he's aligned with the Muslims and with the Pope and he's continuing to lead people away from the truth to eternal condemnation. I could open it and I could show you how the teaching from that book says to go for a certain class of people. Go for Saddleback Sam. And they describe him. He makes a certain amount of money. He has a certain amount of stature. That is who you go for. That is who you try and reach. You notice these... How many of you have at one point in time in all of your years of membership here have been in the bus ministry? Have you ever ran into an emerging church in those neighborhoods? You have not. Because they esteem one class of people above another. They are built on what can you do 
for us. Not what can the truth do for you. We, we, we are we not commanded in Scripture to go into the highways and the hedges to reach every creature with the Gospel? That's what we are commanded to do. We are commanded to reach all creatures, to go to all nations. And this is really one of the... the, I don't know how to say it. Worst things about this teaching and this philosophy is to go after a certain class of people. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons and admiration because of their age. Why do they build it up? Why do they talk up? Because they're after a certain group of people. Because of what they can do for them. What can they give to them? You realize what this church has been doing for almost four decades? We've been trying to reach people who could do nothing for us. We've taken the gospel to them. That's why some of you, you're very, very careful. You better, you better stop flirting with this contemporary church crowd. Because they're going to let you die and go to hell. That's why I have to be careful not to get in the flesh. When you have young people who grow up in a church like ours, they get to a certain place in their life, they rebel against God, and they go and they receive with open arms by these emerging contemporary cults and come on come on in here. If it was up to them, most of the people who, who do that, they would let them die and go to hell because they had nothing to offer them. They had nothing to give them. They would have never knocked on their door and run a bus by there and bring them in. They would have never paid a Christian school bill for them. They would have never bought them clothes when they needed clothes to wear. They would have never paid for a, a camp. They, never, they, they, they certainly don't preach the truth to them. They go for a certain class of people. That's a good reminder to you and I that Jesus died for all sinners. All sinners. See, and this is... <laughs> If you if you have the truth, and if you're a, and in the Bible I'm teaching, I'm teaching us this so that we don't get swept away. But I'm teaching this so that we're armed with the truth because there's so many deceived, so that we can discern how to bring them to the truth. But we as a church, God help us if we ever head in that direction. See, what's happening today, and it has come into our independent Baptist churches, and there's prominent independent Baptist preachers teaching it, that the written one philosophy is the way to go. And in doing so, you are going to desert classes of people with the gospel. If you don't believe me, watch their churches over ten years' time. Watch them. There'll be a lot less of one class of people, a lot more of another class of people. But you know what? I'd rather get the direction for this church, are you with me tonight, from here than Rick Warren's book. The highways and hedges. All classes of people. According to that book, Jesus should have never been by the well. When that woman... And had all of his husbands came down at a different time of the day. 
different from anybody else. Where was Jesus? That's where He was. That's where He was. So simple word definitions tonight and simple applications. Let's just stick with the truth. I'm okay if we get more modern than a tent one day. I'm okay with that. But you can't get more modern than this. You can't. You cannot get more modern than the Word of God. And you know, truth doesn't need to be worked up. It doesn't need lights even shone on it. Truth is truth. Truth cuts through the darkness. And the reason... We have very simple services. We sing the hymns. We fellowship. Boy, the, the choir sings. The special music that is sung is just about the old truths found in the Word of Based on all of those things, and it speaks to our heart. It builds us up. And then when it comes to the preaching time, the truths of the Word of God, because that's what it's all about, is the Word of God. Truth doesn't need a lot of frenzy. doesn't need it. The less truth that's there, the more you need of that. Because when you have a form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof, you've got to replace that with something else. You've got to replace... Don't 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 go down to the Christian bookstore and because there's a, a name on there, somebody who sold so many millions of books says, Hey, this is a good one for me to get. Let's be reminded of who Jude says these are. They're deceivers. They're false prophets, they're false teachers, they're enemies of the cross. You and I have got to stay with the truth. Souls hanging in the balance. It's about the eternity. Now, I, I, want the, I, want, I want the rich of the rich to get the gospel and then join this church and tithe. But I don't ever want to pastor a church. Well, that's the only kind of people we ever go after. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Every so I preached about it Sunday morning how God will afflict His children to put them in a place where there's somebody who needs the gospel that otherwise would not receive it. There's a lot of it. I would love to preach that message again. I enjoyed it, but there's a lot of things there, but what really shines more than me with me than anything else is how God loves every soul. Jesus died for every soul. Let's stay with the truth because others are depending on it. Their eternity is depending on it. Father, I pray that you'll take the simple Bible study tonight. May it be a help to us. Uh, May we be grounded in the truth.